What are the latest trends in background screening? Hi, this is Tom Field, Editorial Director with Information Security Media Group. I'm talking about background screening today and talking with Les Rosen with Employment Screening Resources. Les, it's always a pleasure to catch up with you. Thank you, Tom. It's always a pleasure to work with you. So it's been a year or so since we've spoken. Tell us a little bit about your current work, please. Uh, basically, the economy is picking up. We're seeing that employers are hiring, and uh, that means that uh, more background re- reports are coming through. Uh, technology is changing. We're seeing more and more demand uh, for employers that have one-click background checks, and we're uh, helping to lead the way in that as well through integration with applicant tracking systems. And we're also seeing an uptick in things like international background checks, which are uh, becoming quite important for employers. A lot of new resources are now online. Uh, the ability to do that, uh, E-Verify is another hot-button issue uh, that employers are asking uh, for assistance on. And as well as things that we've always done, such as drug testing, employment verification, standard background checks, and also the uh, the big news item this uh, this year, I think in the couple, next couple of years, are the use and, I should say, abuse of social network sites, social media searches uh, being used to uh, screen applicants. Boy, I think you've touched on every issue I want to talk with you about in this conversation, so that's great. That's one of the things that we've seen, certainly, is that because of the, the economy over the past few years, there have been higher incidents of insider abuse within organizations, and so background screening has really come to the fore. What have you seen as some of the top issues in background screening over this past year? Well, what we're seeing is an awareness that just doing a background check on the way in, in other words, at the point of entry, may not be enough because people can change. And uh, the real problem is, particularly with insider relationships and uh, sensitive IT and financial reporting uh, and so forth, uh, is uh, an effort to also take a look at how a person is doing once they are on the job. And so there is an emerging trend and has not yet gained widespread acceptance of doing ongoing background checks, uh, particularly criminal records. The jury's still out on that because the type of uh, databases that are being accessed are not entirely complete, up-to-date, or comprehensive. There's issues as to what's relevant, uh, what is related to the job, and what to do with it. But certainly that uh, has become an issue. Uh, second issue related to that uh, in terms of screening applicants as well as ongoing monitoring of, of employees, particularly key employees in sensitive positions, that is, a sensitive IT positions, fiduciary positions, uh, Sarbanes-Oxley uh, regulated areas, uh, is uh, the use of social media. And one of the things that we're seeing uh, is that employers are using social media to not only look at people initially, but uh, uh, for ongoing uh uh, screening as well for current employees. And the big thing that we're seeing, although this is not something that we offer, but we certainly suggest that employers do it, is to make sure that you have a social media policy. Uh, great, uh, uh, very important point for employers, really critical uh, to have in your policy for current employers such things as, can you blog? Uh, if you blog, what's the consequences of giving away trade secrets or disparaging a creditor? Uh, a competitor, rather, or talking about a coworker or a supervisor. Uh, what's the? Uh, how, how do you protect the brand? How do you protect security? Um, what about uh, who owns email? So if a person, employee is uh, emailing from an office machine, is it clear to the employee that you own that email and you own that machine? So there's just a number of issues that basically 
uh, one of the big hot issues of 2011 is that if an employer does not have a social media policy uh, concerning the current workforce, then it's time to talk to your counsel or outside uh, attorney, whoever you use, and make sure you have one. Equally important, and uh, one of the big issues, is the use of social media to determine who should get hired in the first place. And that, along with credit reports and uh, the allegations of discrimination in these criminal records, are some of the hot button issues we predict for 2011. Well, social media is definitely something I wanted to follow up with you on because you talked about the use, but a few minutes ago you talked about the abuse as well. So what are the challenges in using social media in background screening? Well, with social media and background screening, it's the, uh, the, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, the good, of course, is that through social media, for the first time, perhaps in human history, uh, employers now are able to literally uh, look inside someone's head. You're able to see what they say in moments where they think employers are looking, you know what they're saying to each other, you know their hobbies and their interests. It's a real treasure trove of information. You can really get inside the applicant and learn a lot. The bad, however, uh, is that there are a number of limitations that employers have to be concerned about. Uh, do you have too much information? Uh, sometimes we call that TMI. TMI means you're looking at applicants, and by looking at their social media site, or perhaps a picture or a photo or uh, something that they blog about, you're going to learn all sorts of things as an employer you don't want to know and legally cannot be the basis of a decision such as race, ethnicity, national origin, marital status, sex, sexual orientation, religious preference, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All of those things can lead to what I would call the ugly, uh, which is being sued by the EOC or being sued by an applicant for discrimination. And there's also issues as to privacy. There's this myth, I think, that just because something is on the Internet, uh, the whole world can see it. And not so fast. When we talk about a reasonable expectation of privacy and community norms and what a person can expect to stay private, uh, that's a subject that's yet to be litigated. Uh, it could depend upon the terms of use of the website. It could depend upon whether the person has set their privacy settings to exclude you. But there's still this fundamental issue that a lot of people think that if they're on Facebook or MySpace or one of the thousand other social network sites, uh, that it's really just them talking to their friends. You have no business there. So an open issue. There's problems involved with the whole concept of legal off-duty conduct. Uh, there are some states that protect in, uh, applicants uh, from uh, some, any kind of discrimination or any type of employer action uh, based upon doing things off-duty that are legal. Um, and, of course, the big issue and the big problem for background screening firms is what's real on these social network sites, authenticity. There's over 300 million Americans. There's people with similar names. There's computer twins. Uh, there's the fact that anybody can go on the Internet and, and imitate anybody else and set up a blog and pretend there's somebody else. Uh, we call that cyber-slamming. Uh, and a background firm, of course, has to operate in an environment where we engage in reasonable procedures for maximum possible accuracy. So it's a real challenge. Uh, for anyone, particularly a background firm, to go online and start harvesting information in the hopes something there is relevant to the applicant. So there's a lot of lot of uh, pitfalls and traps within the weary, and employers really need to approach the use of social media sites with a great deal of caution until we start getting some guidance from court decisions as to what's proper and improper. But right now it's a bit of the wild west, and I think uh, some employers are going to find themselves in hot water unless they really take a moment and stop and think about how they should use the Internet. 
Well, let's change in directions a bit. You've got your annual top trend, top ten trends list out now. What are some of the highlights? And embedding social media makes the highlights. Well, of course, uh, social media is probably one of our highlights, and and, I'll, and uh, what we do emphasize on social media is, as I mentioned, is to really think about what you're doing. And uh, one of the suggestions, for example, we do proffer is that if an employer wants to use social media, they should probably have someone inside their organization look at it uh, and filter out things that are not job-related and only uh, uh, communicate information that is useful and related to the job to the decision-maker. Uh, and recruiters as well need to be very careful about going on the Internet. Uh, other trends we're taking a look at is the uh, use of credit reports. Uh, we uh, Four states so far, the most recent being Illinois, affected this year, have limited the use of employers looking at credit reports out of a concern that credit reports uh, have a disparate impact that is a, a discriminating in an unfair way against members of protected groups and, and, and legislators have felt in Illinois, Oregon, Washington, and Hawaii that there need to be limits. Uh, in California, for three years in a row, a bill has passed and not signed by the governor that would have eliminated credit reports to only very few positions. So we kind of see the handwriting on the wall with credit reports being a, a, an issue with a lot of people concerned about it. And just uh, uh, today, uh, a congressman introduced a amendment to the FCRA uh, seeking to limit the use of credit reports for employment because of this idea that particularly in a recession, there's a catch-22. You have economic dislocation, it reflects badly in your credit, and then you can't get a job. Well, it's a lot more complicated than that, but that's kind of popular opinion because, in fact, a credit report for employment does not, in fact, have a credit score. But we do point out that the trend that for employers is that the bottom line is is to use credit reports very carefully with a great deal of caution to ensure it's non-discriminatory and that there's a business justification. Uh, related to that is criminal records. Uh, criminal records fall under some of the same criticism. The EEOC, the Equal Opportunity uh, Opportunity Commission of Washington, has filed lawsuits, high-profile lawsuits against a couple of employers, alleging that criminal records have been used in such a way that it creates a disparate impact among protected groups and ends up being discriminatory. And again, the uh, employers need to make sure that they do not automatically reject somebody with a criminal record, but that there's a business justification. Now, some industries, such as banking, there are certain statutes which say certain people with certain criminal records cannot be hired, and then you're protected that statutory. Um, those are a couple of the big trends. Um, there's a couple other trends that we're tracking, international records. Um, one, one important trend for employers is that the National Association of Professional Background Screeners uh, now has an accreditation process, which makes it easier to pick or select a vendor for this service. And we're also looking at international background checks and also warning employers about background checks on temporary workers. After all, you bring in a temporary worker or independent contractor, and they have, you have no idea who they really are, and they have access to your IT, your trade seekers, your customer list, your, your workplace, uh, and so forth. And oftentimes there are no background checks or insufficient background checks. So those are a few of the, uh, of the trends that we're highlighting for employers in 2011. Less of those, what jumps out as you as the trends that would be of particular interest to information security leaders? Well, for information security leaders, uh, we really want to stress the, uh, a couple of things. First of all, the, the importance of uh, taking a close look at credit reports. Uh, 
in the area of information technology, uh, there is a, a might be a, a tendency or to want to use a credit report because, after all, a credit report uh, will tell you if a person is financially stressed. And for example, embezzlement is a kind of motive, opportunity, and means. The thought is that if a person is substantially underwater financially, you'd want to know about that in order to maintain security and make sure no one has motivation uh, to do something untoward. Just be aware that there is a trend now uh, in those four states I mentioned, and other states are considering it, uh, to ensure that the credit reports are being used fairly and that there is a, a business justification uh, for use of the credit report uh, for a particular position. Another trend I think is important for security leaders is international background checks, and to the extent that firms may have technology workers over here on, on visas, is just to be aware that just because a visa has been issued, a government background check may not be the same thing as the type of background check you want for due diligence. Um, so you'll want to be aware that, that there are international resources that can't be used, and uh, you probably should not assume that just because someone has a visa uh, that they are clear. You still need to do your due diligence. Well, as everyone wants to do things smarter these days, particularly in background screening, what do you find to be the biggest challenges for organizations that are trying to screen smarter? Well, the first challenge for any organization is to always go back and take a look at your hiring procedures. Those are procedures that occur even before uh, there's a background check. And that really revolves around having a smart hiring procedure involving uh, your application, uh, whether you have uh, broad questions on it and, you, and you're looking at the application, you often find that uh, when there's a bad hire, a close review of the application will reveal it. We want to make sure you're asking some uh, good, uh, solid uh, due diligence questions during your interviews, and most importantly, that you're calling all past employers, regardless of whether or not they give you detailed information about the worker. Just the fact you can verify start date, end date, and job title is helpful. So you want to make sure that you smarten up uh, your, your hiring practices even before you get to the background check. And when it comes to the background check, what we're seeing is that employers are now able to use some of the new advancements in Web 2.0 technology uh, with one-touch background checks, uh, paperless systems, for example, uh, where you don't have to handle paper at all. A, uh, the applicant can even sign a, a, his, signature, his or her signature using a mouse. Uh, so there's ways to screen a little more quickly and smarter uh, and get a bigger bang for your buck and, and streamline the process. Uh, and, of course, the other thing that we uh, might want to take a look at is uh, your background screening a vendor to ensure that the uh, vendor is in legal compliance. One of the interesting things about background checks is that it is heavily legally regulated, not only by the Fair Credit Reporting Act, the FCRA, but there's a number of state equivalent laws. There's also EPO laws. There's the Americans with Disabilities Act. There's uh, privacy rules. All sorts of rules, uh, and there's state rules about criminal records and what can and cannot be used. It's really a legal minefield, so you really want to make sure that you're uh, working with a fund that understands the ins and outs of the legalities. And uh, as I mentioned, there's now a new accreditation standard, so it's easier for uh, businesses to identify those background firms that operate under the gold standard of uh, accreditation by the National Trade Organization for the background screening industry. Les, if you could boil it down, what advice would you give to organizations to improve their background screening this year? 
Well, the, the, the best piece of advice that, uh, that, that we can give is to audit, audit, audit. Uh, first of all, I'll take a look in, at uh, the various trends that we've talked about. Uh, on our website, we happen to have a 25-point audit you can take a look at. Uh, you want to just go and review what you're doing and make sure that you're engaged in best practices, uh, that you're using a background screening permits accredited, um, and that you're legally compliant and that uh, you have the best processes and procedures in place prior to submitting the person's uh, name to a background company. And you have the best procedure in terms of background screening in terms of the latest technology and also in terms of ensuring that you're doing uh, the uh, best uh, search really for the uh, uh, need for that particular position uh, and you're doing it with, uh, with someone that knows what they're doing. So at the end of the day, you have a defensible position. Uh, the bottom line is that no matter how much time and money you spend, there's always a possibility that a bad hire can fall through the cracks. After all, uh, as we tell people, the uh, people who do the best background checks in the world are the FBI and the CIA. But once in a while, you read in the newspaper that even the FBI or the CIA has engaged in a bad hire. Well, if they can't hire perfectly, chances are you're not going to hire perfectly every time either. But that's really the standard we're looking at is not perfect hiring, but it's due diligence. Uh, can you demonstrate due diligence each and every hire so that if something does go wrong and unfortunately it ends up in front of a jury, you're able to stand in front of the jury and outline uh, a good, solid program that demonstrates due diligence, uh, that shows that you're concerned about who you hire, uh, that you went through a well-thought-out program and process, and that you did everything right. And I think that's what employers need to uh, keep looking at. And the way you do that is, again, through, through auditing your program uh, on a yearly basis. Very good. Just one last thing, Les. For people that want to know more about your top trends list, where can they find that? They can find that on our blog. Uh, we uh, have a blog at www.esrcheck.com, www.esrcheck.com. Just take a look where it says News Blog. And uh, each of the trends are there, and each trend itself is broken down into the, uh, to what's, what amounts to a white paper that goes into a lot more detail on each, uh, each of the topics we talked about, plus some uh, additional topics we're going to look at. Very good. Les, as always, I appreciate your time and your insight. Thank you so much. And thank you. We've been discussing background screening. We've been talking with Les Rosen with Employment Screening Resources. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.